0: Please stand clear of the doors. Hey guys, we're on the monorail and we're what? headed over to the... Hold on,
1: hold on. What are you What's doing up? here, Scott?
0: This isn't No New Friends? No, 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 no. I I, I won a, uh, a Diz His giveaway last week. You did? Wait, where's Joe and Jen?
2: Who's going to host? Look at me, look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Today, we'll be giving the his on the studio backlot tour. So first, let's address the elephant or lack of elephants in the room. Joe and Jen are on the Disney um, Fantasy Dream. They're they're on a really big boat in the... uh, They're having
1: lots of fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. They're on one of those boats. Uh, I get them all mixed up. It's something Disney happy, something adjective. They're on one of those. They're going to be back for next week. But uh, for now, Alex and I are going to have to... uh, try to run this show
1: that's right and i you know i thought maybe i'd be the host but chris said he'd fight me for it so i said you know what you win
2: yeah i well it was there was there were some threats uh they weren't serious threats but alex took them as threats and you know what i'll take it but it's not just the alex and i today no no we had some help from a good friend of ours and my co-host from the no new friends podcast scott
0: what is going on guys it is so exciting to be here i couldn't sleep last night uh tossing and turning it, with just excitement to be back on this amazing podcast was that you that called me in the middle of the night just breathing <laughs> it could have been, been.
2: showed up no caller id so i wasn't sure if it was you or not but it it explains uh yeah that was me exp- that yeah was me. <laughs> so really happy to have you on today scott uh the three of us have done podcasts in the past on the no new friends podcast that's right and we've had a ton of fun so we're really eh,
0: excited to get it was all there. right don't Go forget ahead. the Co League podcast. Oh, we the Co uh, one podcast. riveting episode of the Co League podcast.
2: <laughs> you're right. You're right. That was uh, that was that was really interesting. Me, Alex. Uh, we do a podcast for Alex's family fantasy football league, and Scott came on, not knowing anything about the fantasy football league, but knowing about fantasy football nonetheless. And uh, we had a really fun we had a really fun show.
1: Really riveted our six uh, our six uh, listeners.
2: Well, if if it was six, that's news to me because I don't know if we've ever peaked uh,
0: over three. So.
2: We'll have to check those numbers.
0: You had one episode where you had four because I listened to it just to check it out.
2: <laughs> so uh, before we get into this episode, I just want to get uh, take care of some housekeeping. So if you guys want to check us out on our Patreon, it'd be much appreciated. Patreon is uh, really cool because we give all of our Patreon members opportunities to win prizes. Uh, to talk in everybody our except private, for Ryan that is except for Ryan yeah if your name is not Ryan the Disney nerd you do have a chance at winning a uh, prize and our prizes are pretty cool too uh, last week we had a Marvel comic book artist on Alex Saviak and he gave away some personalized signed uh, artwork of his which was really cool and he's a pretty big deal he uh he started drawing Spider-Man for Marvel He uh, the person who got him into Marvel, my friend who's really into comic books, was like geeking out, listening to episode one of of the show saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's friends with uh, such and such a person. He was the second person to ever draw Spider-Man. So this guy, this guy was, you know, this guy's very humble, but he has a you know, he left a huge imprint on on a Marvel comic. So that was pretty cool to get some artwork from him last week. That was very nice of him to give stuff away and oh my gosh joe usually gives something away almost every week on here whether yeah. it's a wax melt or a or stickers or a t-shirt so that's just one yeah, of the things this many week he gave he away had. a
0: co-host spot so that that's you know, true here I, am. Yes. I won that and uh and,
2: and you everybody know what else. the higher the tier the more opportunities you get to uh you get to win and scott actually joined our $100 tier this week and so he won co-host of the week but uh, all jokes aside, the Patreon is really cool. We've made a lot of really great friends. That's how we all became friends, essentially, through DizHiz Patreon. So get to talk to a lot of just other Disney uh, Disney fans on here, along with the hosts. We play games. It's a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, you can check us out on DizHiz.com. You can check out our merchandise tab on there. Check out the really cool designs we have. Um, you, if you listen to us on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. If we earned it, leave a five-star <laughs> review on Apple. On Spotify, you can give us a follow. Um, and really anywhere else, just like and subscribe. It really helps out the the show. Uh, YouTube, We have a YouTube channel. You can like and sub- like our videos on there and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Any chance you can get to like or subscribe to our, our pages really helps the show grow and helps us a ton. So it's a great way to support us for absolutely free.
1: Yeah. And another way you can support us is you can email us at gmail.com and send us any information. Maybe we misspoke or got something wrong in a history or maybe have an idea for a great episode just email us i'll be reading it and looking at it and uh maybe we'll respond and we'll see what you have to say and that's that's true we we will take your
2: suggestions if you have an idea for a show it's less work that alex and i have to that's do that's right uh, to
1: pick a topic so <laughs> it does it makes it so much easier for me yes if you
2: want to do the history for a show please oh that please
1: send that in <laughs> i will give you props for doing the history i'll tweak it but I would definitely be like, this was supplied by so-and-so.
2: <laughs> the only thing you can't touch is Alex's godlike voice at recording the history. That is off limits. Anything else? Hey, you could do the work for us, and we'll credit
0: you. Thank you. That is true, because I asked Chris, I was like, hey, does Alex want me to record the history? Because I guess you hadn't done it yet. You were gaming or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to let you do that. He's, <laughs> like, maybe you could write it, but he's not going to let you record it. That's yeah, off no, limits. No chance. I said to Alex
2: yesterday, I said, why don't you just do a live read? No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're recording it tonight. It was one o'clock in the morning. I'm, 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 uh, I'm recording it tonight. It
1: was, okay. uh, it was 12 o'clock, but yeah, I didn't, I'm not going to do a live reading. I'm not going back to the first year of does his when we had to sit there and listen to me read for 25 minutes.
2: It was painful. I'm surprised I'm still around. But anyway, without any further ado, Scott, you picked this topic. Uh, so let's get to the his on the studio backlot tour.
1: Studio Backlot Tour was an attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios, then MGM Studios. This attraction combined a tram tour with a walking tour to take guests behind the scenes of filming for television and movies. Over the course of two hours, guests got a first-hand look behind a Hollywood production. This tour debuted in 1989 and received many changes throughout its 25 years before closing in 2014. So,
2: Alex, when, uh, when both of us were doing the history on this, you were telling me that you did not get to ride this ride. But no. uh, doing some of the research and watching some videos, what do you think about this ride?
1: I think it was, um, it was something I would never go on. It doesn't
2: matter what you think. So, Scott, <laughs> you have gone on this ride, and you love this ride. So your yeah, opinion I've actually gone,
0: matters. I've gone on several different versions of this ride. I went on the original you? You know, 9091 version of this ride uh that i did the only one i didn't go on is i didn't go on it once they removed the uh i forget what it's called i know alex addresses it but the like the city the the housing streets where they did like the osborne family Mm -hmm. uh christmas lights and all that once they removed that i i didn't see it so i had never seen the lights camera motor action stadium or anything like that but look i i i love this attraction and i'm an old school disney guy uh i love i i just i love the old school attractions and at the time i really loved this now watching it again uh, it 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 was outdated and it ran its course but it it was a two-hour attraction now they did scale it back quite a bit but the tour itself on the tram wasn't two hours but there were so many walking portions and so many just different elements to it like there was this special effects kind of short film that i know you don't talk about it was starring bet bet midler called the, uh, the Lottery Ticket, where they showed this short video of her, it, really funny, and then they showed you how they made it and the, the magic of making movies. I miss when Hollywood Studios was all about movie making, but I love the updates that they've done also. And with the updates to the park, this, this attraction had to go as good as it was with all the new attractions and all the technology. And you've got Star Wars and, and Tower of Terror, and it, it just didn't belong in that park anymore. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it was. It was outdated. It wasn't exciting. Eventually, had they have kept it and still been able to do Galaxy's Edge, I think that that attraction would have just fizzled out anyway because nobody would do it unless you you know you got kids that don't want to ride Star Wars and it it'd right. be a short wait.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, I did want to get into this a little later, but I guess we'll talk about it right now because you did bring it up. Um, you miss when Hollywood Studios was more about movies, and I do too. I I wish that. I wish that they didn't go the direction that they went with the park. Um, I wish that they would have kept some of the, I don't know, Hollywood Studios aspect of Hollywood Studios because now it's called Hollywood Studios and it doesn't even make any sense why it's called that anymore. You have the Grauman Theater housing a cartoon Mickey Mouse ride. You have Toy Story Land. You have Galaxy's Edge. Nothing, nothing screams um, movie making anymore. It's yeah. just big big franchises and i'd miss the backlot tour i miss the um there was another one that i got mixed up with the backlot tour that you corrected me on scott where you got to see the animation people drawing yeah uh, it was it, it
0: was the animation tour um yeah yep it was which cool. is now where dock uh the docking bay six is used right to which, be the animation tour
2: which you know everybody loves the docking bay area uh there's never anybody who uh, who dislikes that area it's a great uh replacement for a a um a treasured attraction so yeah. there's no debate up for that but i don't know it's just i miss i miss the old hollywood uh hollywood field or hollywood studios
1: they definitely could have like made another park for everything that's in this park now and kept the hollywood stuff you know had a actual hollywood studios park and then made a new one that was toy story land star wars land you know, that would have been right. cool, but then this would have been my least favorite park. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, I And, and I, I miss all that, you know, superstar television where they did stuff in front of a green screen and, and the monster right. soundstage where it was all about the Foley artist and, and, and all that. But here's the deal. I, and you see the same thing with uh, the park down the road is people stop m- filming stuff here in Orlando. Yeah. It became so cheap to do it in Georgia. and, The stars didn't want to leave California, New York, and people just stopped filming in Orlando. So therefore, one of the cool things when these when these two competitive parks opened up was they were actually filming stuff. So it was like, okay, you can experience all the behind the scenes, but you could also see something being made. And once that kind of went away, I think that was a big draw and a big theming element that just wasn't exciting to people anymore. Plus, with technology getting better and better and better. Like who uses fully fully uh, sound mixing anymore? Like it now, it's all digital and it's all right. You know, it, everything's digital, and so it it would have had to constantly be updating in order to keep with that movie making park. I miss it, but I get why it's gone, and I, I love what they've done just the same.
2: Slightly offensive because Alex does still do fully mixing. All the sound effects you hear on our podcast are produced by his mouth and his body, but. It is still used, I guess it just doesn't have a place to uh, place
1: in the parks anymore.
2: I don't, I, I get it, but I don't get it. I just, I, I, I hate the decision. I just hate the decision. But let's just, uh, let's learn more about this ride.
1: Disney was struggling in both the filming market and theme park market in the 80s. Newly hired Michael Eisner convinced Disney that the movie-themed pavilion, planned for Epcot, could function as a standalone park. Eisner then announced MGM Studios, which would also function as an active TV and movie studio. Much controversy surrounded MGM Studios because Michael Eisner previously worked for Paramount Pictures and may have gotten the idea for the park from a Universal pitch to Investors for a standalone Universal Studios park in Orlando. Michael Eisner was at this pitch meeting working for Paramount Pictures where the plan of a theme park that doubled as a studio was debuted. The similarities to Universal was even more apparent when it was announced to have its own backlot tour named Backstage Studio Tour. On May 1, 1989, MGM Studios had its grand opening, debuting its two-hour backlot tour. The entrance to the backstage tour was in the now Star Wars launch bay. Guests would first board a tram that would take them through many working shops, like costumes and props. The tram then took guests through Residential Street, which housed the front of many iconic homes. On your way out of the residential area, you would ride past Herbie the Lovebug, who would spin its tires and speed toward the tram. The tram then passed the boneyard with many prop vehicles stationed reviewing. Next was Catastrophe Canyon, which utilized fire and water to show the magnitude of special effects up close and personal. After that, the tram drove through New York Street, later named Streets of America. After a small break, the second half of the two-hour tour would start, which was the walking portion. Before the walking portion began, guests would watch a pre-show starring Goldie Hawn and Rick Moranis. The first stop was a water tank, which is used for filming scenes of boats in the ocean. They demonstrated how they would film a boat battle or a storm scene. Next, guests would walk past a shooting soundstage and then to a location where they would be shown how special effects are utilized. Two guests would be chosen to ride a giant bumblebee in front of blue screens, a prop from Honey Extra and the Kids. The next portion of the tour was a short movie talking about sound effects in film starring Mel Gibson and Pee Wee Herman, followed by editing with George Lucas, C-3PO, and R2-D2. The tour ended with a short film entitled Michael and Mickey, where Michael Eisner and Mickey showed guests previews of upcoming movies. Oh, man, that was a lot to say without mistakes, huh?
0: Yeah, good job. And there's a lot to break down here. (laughs) So whenever you're ready, I've got a lot to a lot to pick up, not pick apart, but but to talk about. Go ahead. So the way that you describe this, where you do the tram tour first and then the walking tour, I went to MGM Studios very early on. Had to have been the first year it was open. And I never saw the version where you ride the tram first and then walk. They very quickly switched that up
1: within a year. So
0: when what's that
1: within it, within what two years, they switched it. Yeah.
0: Very, very, very short, shortly, probably by 91, it was switched yes. over because yep. you talk about the entrance being over where docking bay six is now. I never saw the entrance there. I saw the entrance on the other side and it was like a who frame Roger rabbit facade and all yes. that and over by kind of where galaxy's edges. Yep. This, this attraction changed so many times. Um, you know, the big water tank, which that was always like the pre-show uh, from when I remember it. The Universal stuff, absolutely true. Michael Michael Eisner, the, the park was supposed to open up in like 92 or something like that. And because of Universal, it was a race to the finish and
1: oh. MGM
0: opened up first. Wow. It was a first to the moon scenario. Wow. It was. It was because I, I believe and and someone can fact check me on this, but I believe that MGM Studios was supposed to par- open up after Universal and Eisner found a way to open it before Universal to get all the attention. Because at the time, I remember Universal getting all the attention, like we're, we're getting Universal with Jaws and King Kong and Earthquake. And then all of a sudden, very quietly, here comes MGM Studios with Indiana Jones and, and Catastrophe Canyon. And that was pretty much it. But, hmm. uh, you know, it, it was a race to the finish and in MGM one and probably did a I mean they didn't have very many rides, so they didn't really have a whole lot to go wrong like Universal did, but right. it was definitely a race. Are
1: you laughing at me? Uh, no, how mad are you if you're Universal and you're like, you're copying me? He's like, how did I copy you? I opened first. I can't copy <laughs> you, I opened it first. I, I I didn't copy you. You were set you were at the pitch meeting. No, I what? No, I opened first. How can I copy you?
2: That is pretty, that is a pretty bold move. And I guess that's a good lesson to any child listening. If you copy someone, just make sure you do it better and quicker than the person you copied from. And yeah. you will, uh, and whatever you do will last for
0: 25 years. <laughs> so I don't know that the tram tour. Well, no, it had to be a ripoff f- from Universal Hollywood yes. because Universal Hollywood did it first. Yes. It absolutely was. Yes. Now, here's the, f- here's the fun fact. I know this is a Disney history podcast, not a universal that's history right. podcast, you but watch Universal yourself. Orlando. I know open with a tram tour. Mm-hmm. Not many people know about it because it did nothing. All it did was go through the sound stages and a little bit of the New York. And it was it was terrible. It was God awful. And they were trying to recreate what Hollywood was doing. Just MGM Studios did it better than Orlando, but Universal Orlando hey
2: chris did you ever ride this ride oh thank you for asking you you forgot to ask me back in the uh when you when never rode this
1: ride you never rode this ride
2: i rode you never rode this one. Rode this. i rode a variant of this ride right. right so
1: you talk about it later when we talk about the variant
2: listen listen i want to i want to share my opinion on actually I just want to talk about universal okay. the universal one uh i i get the two rides mixed up because of how similar like some of the aspects were yeah which we'll talk about catastrophe cannon later but um there was water in the universal ride yep. as well correct
0: in the subway right yes.
1: oh in the subway i don't know about that
0: i think it was a subway. earthquake oh yes yeah. yes yes okay catastrophe canyon chris is pretty much a poor man's earthquake yes i mean it's, right that you've got you've got a truck that comes at you you've got an earthquake and you've yeah, got yeah. water
2: yeah, yeah. Love it earthquake. is a
0: poor man's earthquake and it it's funny yeah it's it just it's
2: very funny how similar the two rides were well you know they borrowed, they borrowed from each other, I guess we'll say. They borrowed from each other, yeah. yeah.
1: The two-hour tour was short-lived, and in 1981, the tram and walking tour became separate attractions. The two hours were each 30 minutes in length and were completely different experiences. The walking portion became known as Backstage Pass, and the attraction started in the queue, where four volunteers are selected to partake in the show they are about to be part of. Other guests can enjoy looking at props from movies such as Pirates of the Caribbean and Pearl Harbor. During the walking tour, guests first arrived at the show area with a large tank of water, along with props that look like you were on the scene of Pearl Harbor. Guests can see the deck in the engine room of a patrol boat in the water. Cast members then explain to guests how water tanks are used along with props in some of their favorite action movies. It is at that moment that the four volunteers are asked to film an attack scene right out of Pearl Harbor. One volunteer is bombarded with water in the engine room that is dumped onto the set by dump trucks. The other three volunteers are on the top of the deck, while simulated attack happens. Water shoots up to the sound of gunshots and explosions, while fireballs fly through the background. The whole simulation attack is filmed and shown to all the guests. The footage of the volunteers is spliced with pre-recorded airplane attacks which make the scene look like a real Hollywood production. This gives guests a good window into how special effects and acting are combined to make an action scene look real. After the demonstration, guests continue into a prop warehouse where they can see props used in popular movies such as The Santa Claus, who framed Roger Rabbit, Honey and Trunk the Kids, and Georgia the Jungle? When guests come to the exit of the warehouse, the tram tour begins.
2: So I, I think it's really funny that this was one huge, obnoxiously long attraction. I wonder yes. if at a if at like at a pitch meeting to to create more attractions, or like, hey, let's split this long attraction into two attractions. We'll call it two attractions. But like, you couldn't do
0: one without the other. Like, it was still one attraction. I yeah, can see I don't I don't remember them being two separate attractions I don't remember being able to wait in line for the tram tour and not do all the other stuff I remember that being part of it where you right. went through and 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 it definitely started at the water tanks like mm-hmm. that was the first thing was the water tanks and then you went in to see the Bette Midler show and then the honey I Shrunk the kids with the uh with the with the the bee in front of a blue screen I remember all of that specifically. And then also I do remember David Letterman being featured a lot through the parks. Really? Like he was um, yeah, he was in the pre-show for monster soundstage. He was definitely in a scene at superstar television. And I believe he was in some of the videos here. I don't remember, but I I definitely remember there only being two kind of backstage tours. It was the animation studio. Mm -hmm. And then this one, which I, I think the two were combined where you did the walking tour and then you did the, the tram tour.
2: Yeah. I just wonder if they just wanted to uh, make it look like they had more attractions at MGM or like, Hey man, let's just, let's just call this two attractions. It's long enough. And wouldn't surprise
0: me. I mean, that was a half day park. Like it was, yeah, that was before tower of terror. That was before rock and roller coaster, obviously before galaxy's edge. All you had was star tours, the great movie ride and the backlot tour. Those were the only rides that you had. And it's be crazy. And the original
1: Backlot Tour was two hours, so it couldn't be a half-day park because you'd spend half the half-day on, on the tour.
2: Can, can you imagine not knowing that it was two hours long and just like, <laughs> oh, let's go, let's go check out this this tour, and then, oh my gosh, it's been like an hour. Uh, ma'am, ma'am,
1: how much longer is it? Hour and a half. Wait, what? <laughs> We're even waiting and to you... get on there. There is, and and uh, I went
0: down this rabbit hole where I watched this entire family's vacation at uh, at MGM Studios <laughs> in '91, preparing for this episode. So on I had you- to see on everything on YouTube. On YouTube. Okay, yeah. You weren't following Star Television, the Indian. At, no, wearing your fedora. Like, they, they went to lunch at, at Primetime Cafe or whatever, and I'm watching uh-huh. them eat lunch. It was the dumbest thing. But
1: <laughs> were you eating lunch as too? They get
0: done- Yeah, I decided to, uh, I I got hungry. I had a bowl of spaghetti. (laughs) So as they're walking, because there was this like in-between transition from the walking tour into the tram tour, Mm -hmm. there was a full restroom where you would like (laughs) go to this restroom and then get back before you get on the tram tour. The tram tour itself was, Mm -hmm. you know, at least a half an hour. And plus there was this other walking thing after the tram tour.
2: I, I don't remember it being a half hour long. I was really young when I, when I saw this and really what I remember is the explosions and the, and the goofy, you know, you make it look like you're, you know, you're getting attacked type stuff, which I, you know, making light of Pearl Harbor in retrospect is kind of, is kind of
1: <laughs> too soon. Up. Disney too
2: soon. I, yeah. I wonder if, uh, wonder that, that would almost be like, you know, just imagine an tra- attraction. Yeah. Like imagine that. <laughs> seriously like you probably when this came out you still had people that um oh yeah for sure that yeah were uh you know served during Pearl Harbor wow we should write it uh, maybe yeah, that's I, why it ended
0: I definitely don't remember it being Pearl Harbor themed now when I watched the most recent version of the attraction it was definitely Pearl Harbor but back in the in the mid 90s even maybe the late 90s it wasn't I don't I don't think it was like Hey, this is uh, a scene from the movie Pearl Harbor. I don't think was, Pearl Harbor uh, happened yet. Not the event, the
2: movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, the movie. The, the, the happened movie yeah, I don't. I, yeah. yeah,
2: right. So it was just probably you know like a water thing,
0: um, but yeah, uh, it, it's pretty pretty insensitive of Disney. No, that tram tour was definitely thirty minutes long because it, and and I think you wrote it after they tore down the the houses and put the, yeah, the never motor... saw the houses. Yeah, never saw the houses. Yeah. So definitely, then I mean, because you went through this warehouse and you saw the costuming department, the yeah. set department. Then you went through the, the 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 green area to see all the topiaries and and different plants that they put on sets. Then you saw the boneyard and the flight of the Navigator yeah. ship. Oh, flight of the Navigator! All these cars. Yeah. Then the street. Then mm-hmm. catastrophe street? Canyon. So it a was a real life long. street. Yeah, real life street. Okay, <laughs> the 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 residential street, yeah. and then you went by uh you know the New York area. Yes. where, You know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles re, uh, performed. It is fascinating to think
2: about um, that movies actually were filmed there on, you know, on Disney property. Uh, and I think maybe that's why they created this because they thought we'll make money two ways. We'll make money attracting people to go ride this ride and we'll make money filming movies course, and TV shows. Here. So it was a cool idea for sure. It would have been really cool if, uh, if it was still, you know, happened to this day. And you know what? Maybe that's why they, you know, moved away from all this stuff. because It just didn't make sense to them anymore. And they just, you know, they don't care about their fans. So,
1: Guests board the tram, and the tram portion of the ride begins. The first thing that guests see is the Earful Tower, which was then the icon of Hollywood Studios, a fake water tower with Mickey ears. This is the closest guests can get to the infamous tower. Guests are then driven by the building that houses the costume and materials department. Guests are shown the cast members working on costumes for upcoming movies and television productions. This scene is then followed by an area that is nicknamed the Boneyard, which consists of famous vehicles from popular movies. Guests can see ships from Star Wars, motorcycles from Indiana Jones, and even an escape pod from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Quickly after departing the Boneyard, guests are told that they are entering a current movie set while the cast is on break. This area is known as Catastrophe Canyon, which is themed as a rocky desert area with a big fuel truck in the middle. As a tram stops, the filming of the movie begins. An earthquake shakes the tram, which causes the fuel truck to explode. Guests feel the heat from the huge fireballs, which are then followed by a flood of water that extinguishes the fire. The set is then reset as the tram pulls away. After the events of Catastrophe Canyon takes place, the ride calms down as it takes guests past more of the boneyard. The last thing guests pass on the tram is Walt Disney's private airplane. The tram then pulls into the exit where guests are let off. After getting off the tram, guests get to walk through a museum to exit the ride. This museum is called AFI's 50 Greatest Villains, where they get to see life-size figures of villains from movies, as well as concept art and other cool artifacts.
2: Disney, so king I... of bad names, the Earful Tower.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, did you ever see? Yeah, Chris, you were probably way too young. Alex, you were too young too. So, early commercials of MGM Studios they mm-hmm. they highlighted Catastrophe Canyon. Catastrophe Canyon was in all the commercials, but they showed a stunt man doing a high fall from the top, like the top of the cliff, really, onto, and. I, Yeah, so I'm when when I'm going to see *Catastrophe Canyon* the first time, I'm like, oh, there's going to be a stunt show here and all that, and it never happened. And I was like, what what, the heck is this? That's pretty very very disappointing. (laughs) Yeah. No, it also was
2: disappointing was being traumatized as a young child, Uh, having a huge fuel truck come towards your tram uh, and explode. And then almost drown in rushing water. That's absolutely very disappointing.
0: It was terrifying. It was terrifying. To this day, I still can't go in the water.
2: <laughs> you know what? Every time uh, every time there is an earthquake, we get tremors in New Jersey every once in a while. I immediately uh, look outside and make sure no cars are on fire because I've learned from Disney that earthquakes make vehicles explode.
0: <laughs> so it's something really cool uh, that they did with the Irville Tower back in 1994. And I remember this specifically, and, and and Alex may remember this. So there's always been this close tie with uh, Disney and the Orlando Magic.
2: Uh-huh. Okay,
0: so summer of 1994, picture it, if you will. The Magic make one of the biggest free agent signings. They sign Horace Grant from the Chicago Bulls. Oh,
1: that Grant. That instantly
0: makes us contenders. How'd you do that year? Disney put these huge... Well, we made it to the finals that year. Disney put these huge... Lo- Goggles, Horace Grant goggles on the Earful Tower. Really, two scale. Yes, it was so cool. So, is that why the
2: Orlando Magic is called the Orlando Magic?
0: Because it's so funny.
2: Because
1: of the because of the kid. Yeah.
0: Oh yes, Karen Williams, who is Pat. Pat Williams is one of the founders of the Orlando Magic, Uh and they were toying around with the name, the Orlando Juice, the Orlando Tropics. Love the juice. uh, Even the Orlando Heat. His family came and visited and this is as they're finalizing, you know, the, the deal to bring this team to Orlando. We had already been approved and all that. And so he took his family to Disney and, and all that. So as his daughter, Karen Williams is getting onto the plane, she looks back at her dad and he goes, daddy, this place is magic. And as a result, and then it just made sense because the magic kingdom is here and all that. And there's just, oh. you know, Disney, Disney's one of the main sponsors of the magic. So it just made sense. It it it, it works.
2: That's pretty cool. I um I always thought it was because of Disney. That's cool that there was an actual story to go behind that. I always thought it was a dumb name. I'm not people to the Magic's a really bad name. But um it is cool uh, that Alex put the goggles in
0: chat. That there the, it is. The,
2: so and our Patreon, you guys can have access to this if you join our Patreon. We have a Discord chat. Alex posted a picture of the uh, Earful Tower with Horace Grant's goggles on it.
0: I love did they, those did they put the
2: uh Did they put the uh NBA champions banner on the on the tower when they won that year?
0: Watch your mouth.
2: <laughs> so before we move on, let's let's just rate this ride real quick. We're not going to do rubric because uh, we did forget to rate this in the beginning. Let's just do it on the fly now. I would give this ride a solid eight point
0: two out of ten. Okay, and I, I i give it I would give it a solid nine nine even. I'm not going to mess with the decimal points. Just a, 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 a it was a nice ride. Nine. Yeah. So okay. an
2: even score is an amateur score, but I I, I respect it. Uh, Nine nine's fair. Nine is fair. Alex, not being on the ride at all, finding out about this ride less than a week ago, yeah. what would you rate this ride?
1: I would rate this ride a six. Okay. I Any reason fair. why? Um, I don't think I'd go on it more than once. Okay. Um, if I did go to the parks. And I think it'd be entertaining. It'd be fun. It's, you know, get off your feet. Halfways get off your feet. The other half is walking. Like, why are you making me walk? Let's just have two tram tours. Mm. But anyways... I think a six is uh, pretty fair.
2: That's a fair Alex score. That's like a, that's, that's a, like, if, when you factor Great in the Alex curve. Alex score.
0: Yeah, when you factor yeah. in the curve,
2: that's like an eight, eight and a half. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It was definitely a one and done type thing, unless you're in a nostalgia and, you know, want to see it and the other lines are long.
1: It was a one and done attraction. In 2001, the parks hit hard times and the backstage pass tour started to be reduced to make way for more attractions. By 2002, backstage pass was closed down and the small theater where guests exit became Walt Disney one man's dream. In 2003, Backlot Tour started to take some cuts starting with Residential Street demolished to make way for Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme, Sunshow, a show important from Disneyland Paris. Other than park attendance being low, another issue causing the Backlot Tour to fail was production not utilizing the studios. Filmmakers did not like the Backlot Tour allowing guests to watch as their films were being produced. The sound stages were eventually converted into attractions and is now the location of Toy Story Mania. On September 27, 2014, Backlot Tour finally closed, ending its 25-year stint. When Walt Disney Studios Park opened in 2002 in Paris, a version of the Backlot Tour debuted. Their version was called Studio Tram Tour, Behind the Magic. There were many similarities between the two rides, including driving through the Costume and Materials buildings, as well as Catastrophe Canyon. One of the main differences in Paris is that they had a look at the set of the film, Rain of Fire, where London was in ruins. This scene displayed different fire effects to guests, Paris tram tour closed in 2020 and is set to be replaced by a cars themed ride. So the funniest thing about this is that they are not getting rid of Catastrophe
2: Canyon Canyon in um in Paris. So the same fuel truck that explodes in Catastrophe Canyon is now painted as a Dynaco uh truck from Cars and it is presumed that, that that truck will explode dozens of times a day, hundreds of times a week for all of eternity.
1: That poor poor truck
0: yeah, um, that's yeah not I would have
1: watched I would have watched
0: the Paris one, but I got stuck watching the Miller's uh, 1992. <laughs> I, I did watch because I had never seen the Lights Motors action stunt show. Really? And I wanted to know You what, love stunt why, shows. Why? What's that? I
1: said you love stunt shows. I can't believe you haven't seen it.
0: I, I do. I do. I, I love stunt shows, but I never I it, That was a period of time in my life when uh, I was poor, you know, my parents weren't paying for stuff anymore, I had no money so I wasn't going to the theme parks as much, so I missed that. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed when they got rid of the, the residential street, not because that was like a riveting part of the backlot tour, but because of Osborne uh, Christmas, you know, it looked better on the houses than it did the streets of New York but i did watch this after the miller's uh family trip in 1991 to mgm studios it, it, great show and uh and yeah it 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 it's a good thing they got rid of the the houses because it was it was fantastic
2: the houses sound really cool
1: quick fire quick facts. let's go
2: The area in between the walking and tram tour eventually became the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure as an area for kids to play.
1: The final runtime for the tram tour was 35 minutes and could accommodate 200 guests.
0: Kirby the Love Bug prop used for the tram ride was taken from All Star Movie Resort due to children always climbing on it.
2: The back lap of MGM Studios was being utilized since 1988 for filming.
1: Residential Street featured the fronts of famous houses, like the house from *Golden Girls*, *Adventures in Wonderland*, and a house from *Ernest Sage Christmas*.
0: In 2008, the live cast member spiel for the tram ride was replaced by a pre-recorded one. I heard that pre-recorded one compared to the live spieler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that that destroyed the tram
1: tour. Just like really? uh, because at least just like the ride in Grauman's Theater. Well, not Grauman's Theater, but you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh <laughs> you know the movie ride great movie ride when they took out the spiel and put in the automatic talking did that yeah they did that then how did they do it where
0: the the gangster or the the cow person took over the, they didn't do the that tram?
1: they stopped doing that oh no no i think they did do that but they would they would walk they wouldn't have interactions with anybody they would just get on board and ride and then get off i think i don't remember oh, oh no well, i was i was taken
2: got... hostage by a cow person
1: yeah so yeah no but what the... is that like a Minotaur?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was then, never taken i was never taken hostage by a mafia member
1: on the that, ride that, anyway. that I, I think that happened it was really busy but, uh,
0: oh yeah. <laughs> that that's such a shame then i guess i'm glad the great movie ride went away in that form but it's just like the land the land used to have a spieler uh yes. they they pretty the only spieling attraction that exists now is um is J- jungle cruise yes that's See. not
2: true that's not true uh, Haunted Mansion, you have those very annoying people that, that uh they they're guests, but they're definitely spielers. They they read the whole uh the whole stretching room dialogue.
0: Right. Underneath. Right, right, right. And as a former spieler, I mean, that's what I did at Universal. You know, I I I drove the Jaws boats, I did the King Kong ride. I like I have a I have a there's a special place in my heart for spieling attractions. And it's just it hurts me when uh when they eliminate that position and do a pre-recorded uh thing.
2: Yeah, it does add a lot to the ride uh, with an an actual
0: person there. I agree. Yeah. Could you imagine if Jungle Cruise, it was just a pre-recorded thing, making dad jokes the whole time? I I mean, it would be awful. Never been on Jungle Cruise. You know why?
1: It doesn't get wet.
2: I told this a bunch of times. I thought I I got Jungle Cruise mixed up with Cali River Rapids. I always thought it was the ride that got you soaked. So I never went on it.
1: We hear at missed Missed Backlot Tour and wish that Disney would have kept the spirit of filmmaking alive by keeping it in Hollywood Studios. Ever roll out of bed and feel like being a little bad? Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company has you covered with their villain wax melt line. The Sea Hag Melt will have you wanting to use that body language like Ursula with its bouquet of roses, lily, lilacs, and sweet violets with undernotes of musk. If you feel like you're going to have a meltdown like Hades, throw in the wax melt ruler of the underworld, which will fill your home with smells of lavender, rosemary, lemon verbena, cinnamon, coriander, leather, amber, and hints of smoke. Or if you just feel like you are just the evilest one of all, get yourself the mistress of evil melt. These Maleficent-inspired melts will release a woodsy scent with its crisp pine needles, white fir, clove, patchouli, oak, and sugar pine, No matter how you're feeling, make sure to visit MagicallyScented.com to purchase a wide range of wax melts, candles, and room sprays, all made by 3 Cheeky Chicks. There are plenty of holiday sales that will allow you to buy any smell that fits your attitude. That's 3 Cheeky Chicks at MagicallyScented.com. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24/7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. This is this is review. Review.
2: All right, so Disney Plus movie of the week this week is *Homeward Bound*. Alex, what do you think about this movie?
1: I love *Homeward Bound*. I love *Homeward Bound*. I grew up watching *Homeward Bound* like a lot, like a lot. I was a big fan of this movie. Never knew Michael J. Fox did the voice. Never knew Sally Field did the voice. I mean, I was a kid; I didn't care about that stuff. Yeah. I just love the movie itself. The sequels, not so much, um, but the not the original either because the original was like sixty-three or something like that. But I do like this *Homeward Bound*. The uh, what is it called? Homer Bound, <laughs> The Incredible Journey. I uh, I am in the same boat as you, Alex.
2: I watched this movie a lot growing up. I please jog my memory. Yes, was this a movie where the animals' lips moved, or did they speak telepathically?
1: Telepathically.
2: Okay, Didn't so right. I like the telepathic talking because it was more believable than a than a um yeah than the uh what's that horse? Uh, Wilbur Scott will know this.
1: What is it? Wilbur? No, not Wilbur
2: that's a pig but yes
1: you're right scott ed. there's
2: a horse that they would move mr the ed. lips mr. mr ed mr ed. Yes. ed mr ed was scary man uh, Adles, horses borderline, a
0: horse, of course
2: of course borderline animal abuse um i don't I, I don't know if a horse would like its lips being pulled for you know 45 minutes at a time but anyway homeward bound really fun movie big dog guy hate cats but there was two dogs and one cat. So the dogs outweighed the yes. cat, so the dog to cat ratio perfectly done. It was good. Uh, really good story. Happy movie. Uh, Scott, we talked about this earlier. Joe would have hated this
0: movie because oh no, um, no animals died in this movie. They yeah. all made no. the journey. Yeah, look, guys, I I, lo- I love this movie. It's a, it's it's a movie about a journey. Yeah, you know these animals getting together. They were afraid that they were left at this ranch. Okay, yeah, exactly. And they're like, you know what? we're going to be left here we've got to we've got to embark together on this treacherous and thrilling journey to find our way back home to the california wilderness fantastic movie bravery uh perseveres
2: and it, it, this exactly. was
0: this was a very motivating overcoming movie. adversity
2: a- exactly exactly uh doesn't matter uh what walk of life you are if you're a dog or a cat you can always go on a journey to bound
1: home <laughs> I think that went well. Scott, very impressive. We're not done with it yet. Oh, what do you want? What else? Did that was only you... like two you... minutes. It's supposed to be like five oh. minutes long. Okay. But anyways, uh, okay, I'm going to so... talk. Hold on. I'm going to talk. Let me okay. compose myself. Please, please. Okay. When I watched this movie proud? recently, I watched it with my kids, and my daughter actually didn't. I think she liked it a little bit, but it was, a, it was you know, she liked it a bit. And uh, when I was watching it, I, I haven't watched it as an adult I always watched it as a kid when I was watching it as an adult, there's a lot of things that really like bothered me as an adult, and I was like, oh man, these dogs are they're making a mess in the house and they're doing this, and they're doing that and <laughs> I was like, oh my god and then and then if they just like chilled out and relaxed and waited around like I like to do, you know people are like, why you wait around? why don't you go do stuff? you know, go do what you want to do and be active instead of just waiting around. But if they would have waited around, they would have saw that they came back and got them you know it was like at one point when they're at the um they were at the animal control center and they broke out they literally were 20 minutes away from being picked up but no they had to break out for some reason even though people were being nice to them and if they just wait 20 minutes they would have got picked up by the family but no they did that and then they had to go over the mountain through the water and uh you know at the end at the end did you think the uh chris when you originally watched this did you think the Mm -hmm. old dog had died
2: yeah, I was a little nervous. I did think that the dog died. I, uh, I was it was very, you know, sad as a kid watching that. I mean, as an adult, it's sad when a, when a dog dies unless your name is Joe. Uh, I don't trust cats. I thought the cat had something to do that never truly trusted the cat. Um, but I was very happy to see that everyone made it homeward bound. So the going back to what you said about that, you know, they were 20 minutes away. Uh, if they just would have, you know, if they didn't escape. That would have made for a very short movie, Alex. And I think you forget that this was a Hollywood production and that they did need to stretch us out a little bit.
1: Hey, this is AJ for the D-Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney+. Each week, I'll bring you the latest news and rumors, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week, we have a weekly movie club, where between March 14th and 20th, we'll be watching the original Pixar movie, Toy Story. Share your thoughts in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord, and I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find new episodes of the D Plus Club every Sunday on all major podcasting platforms, as well as the new Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash the D Plus Club. Check us out on Weebie Geeks, a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content. Just head over to WeebieGeeksPC.com. That's WeebieGeeksPC.com and listen to all the other awesome podcasts as well as this is. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord, which is fantastic, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park. We have a special Spotify playlist and overall just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to DizHiz.com, and on the top, there is a link.
2: All right, so now, uh, what did you do in the world of Disney slash news? Alex, what did you do? And you could talk about what you did in the past couple of weeks, because we haven't done this segment in a couple of weeks.
1: That's true. We haven't done in a couple of weeks, and unfortunately, that does not mean I have stuff to say. <laughs> I I have not done that much. Right, even if he Disney. did, he wouldn't remember. I have not That's done that much. You're, you're right. If it happened two weeks ago, I would not remember. So I did not conv- convince, I did not talk to my wife before I came out here to figure out what we did, but there wasn't too much. But before we came out here, we were watching The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which I think is a great show. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it on Disney+. And we're watching Tiny Things is the episode we're watching. And uh, he goes and visits with a lady. I don't know if you saw this YouTube video, Chris. Or, Scott, maybe you have, but tiny kitchens or tiny, tiny cooking where they she makes tiny food on a tiny kitchen with her hands.
2: Have you seen this? Yes. Have you seen I've this dabbled first? in tiny, tiny videos.
1: Yes. I, I love watching them. And he actually went and visited the lady. And now I know the face behind the hands, which kind of, you know, oh. broke, broke the wall for me. But. Uh, he did it, and uh, and it was really entertaining. But they also did other tiny things. I love Jeff Goldblum. Uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. My daughter actually asked to to watch it. She's only four, and she's like, "Hey, can we watch that?" And she's watched it before, and she likes watching it now. Um, wow. Other than that, really have the notch on D plus. Yeah, that's about it, really. Well, uh, thank you for t- your tiny
0: thing. things, uh, Chris knows them as uh, normal size things. <laughs> <laughs> I get
2: very full watching those, those tiny food videos. Like, how does this person <laughs> eat all this stuff? So, Scott, I know for a fact you did some stuff in the literal world of Disney over the oh, last much
0: yeah I, I mean i i definitely visit hollywood studios with my yeah. father for the he he hadn't been to hollywood studios since it was mgm studios wow and we had we had such a great day um we really were able to take advantage of uh, genie plus and it worked in our advantage big time like we did everything without waiting in line and then park hop to epcot and then went back and then waited in line for rise of the resistance and it definitely worked out in my favor. Then I had my wedding anniversary. So we went to Animal Kingdom again, did Genie Plus, And it was cool. fantastic. We did everything. We did everything there without waiting in line. Uh, then Epcot. Then I went to Hollywood Studios with my son and we tried Genie Plus again. But it was a really busy day. It was like right in the smack dab middle of uh, Princess Race weekend. So mm-hmm. we did one thing with our Genie Plus and it was a waste of money. But the other times it was great. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And then I also watched this documentary on Disney+. Plus. I'm obsessed with the 1980s uh, 1980 men's U.S. hockey team. You know, the yes. Miracle on Ice. Yeah. Uh, oh. It's a movie starring Kurt Russell. I've seen the original movie called Mirac- uh, Miracle on Ice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, starring Steve Gutenberg as uh, the goalie Jim Craig. So there's this new documentary out, and it's called Of Miracles and Men. And I'm like, oh, great. It's a documentary about the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team. It is not a documentary about the U.S. men's hockey team. It is a documentary of the Soviet Union team. So it's all about Miracle on Ice, but from the Soviets' perspective. So it's like the time before. Yeah, Yeah. like before leading up to that, like probably about eight years before that. Because this was this super team yeah and then when they lost and then what happened to all of them after them forced to retire and, and yeah. like it was bad for them is this new a new documentary i just i just wow. I, I just saw it on disney plus as of yesterday so Pretty it was in the section new to disney plus
2: yeah. russia, right. russia's very working very hard on their public rela- relations i guess <laughs> well it wasn't russia it
0: was soviet union that's <laughs> right, oh, that's, uh, right. Different. that's right so that's okay yeah that's they were the good okay. russia yep exactly the good russia and then lastly um you know, know i've got this other accurate. little pot <laughs> yes <laughs> i've got this other little podcast and uh oh. i'm i'm in communication with a uh an actor who has been in the mcu uh and we uh, we've confirmed that we're going to do an interview we just don't know the date yet so that's a really big deal i've been working on kind of gaining the courage to ask him and uh, i asked him he said yes so that's gonna be a super fun interview and uh i'll let your patreon members know uh as we get a little bit closer to that date
2: yeah and we'll keep uh i'll keep the listeners posted on
0: uh oh yeah, on when that right, gets yeah, set because up because you're on yeah. both shows i forgot from it uh, was yeah. like i don't have to do the updates and then and then um, when you
1: talk to him you'll tell him about this is see what i can do it
0: maybe if your Patreon members start being nice to me. I
1: can't I can't <laughs> control them.
0: I so it's not they're Russia. not saying anything mean tonight. They're just not here in chat. <laughs> like that's, That's how you know. bad I guess I pissed them off during uh, like Captain Neo episode.
2: So Scott, you love the 1980 uh, USA team. I uh, I went with Emily. That was our first vacation ever together. Was Lake Placid, and I've been to Lake Placid twice now because I loved it so much. The first time, they have a really cool Olympic museum there, and uh, we got to see the actual ice that they won the the uh, the uh, I guess cool. it was the silver medal on. I wow, forget it, it wasn't. It hasn't
1: melted yet. That's amazing.
2: No, it was Chris. it was very well preserved. Hold on. Mm-hmm. USA won the gold that year. No, no, they didn't. They absolutely did. And no. They beat they. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, oh, no, no, beating the Soviet. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. And they they beat the Soviet Union. It was not the.
0: Uh, that wasn't for correct. Them. That was not the gold medal game. They played Finland in and beat Finland to win the gold medal. Had they lost to Finland, they wouldn't have medaled at all. That's insane. so weird. Yeah, but I went I there. It was a really
2: cool spot. If you're ever in the northern New York area. Please stop by Lake Flat. It's a really cool, really cool spot. Before
0: and after the
1: Mountain Men.
2: Oh, this is almost Canada. So there, they can't make it up that far. The oxygen's not uh, not good enough to for them to breathe
1: up there. They're lumberjacks. Yes, humble people. Chris, what would
0: you do in the the world of Disney this week?
2: So not much, as far as. Disney this week. A couple weeks ago, I read Bob Iger. I listened. I I bought the audio book. I listened to Bob Iger's Ride of Lifetime uh, book. It's a really, really good book. And if anybody is into um, entrepreneurship, or owns their own business or runs a company. This is a really, really good book. The book, he uh, talks about this in the beginning, is not supposed to be an autobiography. It's really his founding principles on how to treat people and how to treat employees and how to run a business, how to make decisions. And um, but it essentially is an autobiography because he explains that he couldn't set forth these principles without telling his story on how he you know, came to believe in them. Really interesting book, really interesting guy. My favorite trap, my favorite chapters were actually chapters that involved Steve Jobs. He was very, very good friends with Steve Jobs till the day that he died. And he went as far in the book as saying that if Steve Jobs didn't pass away, that he believes that Disney and Apple would have combined their companies and would have been, uh, essentially one big company because of what they both wanted to do. Because Disney wanted to get into the digital world. Apple was in the digital world, uh, Apple wanted, you know, streaming rights to certain things. And Michael Eisner ruined the relationship between Pixar and Disney. And Pixar would not be a part of Disney if it wasn't for um, Bob Iger. Bob Iger repaired that like shattered relationship with Steve Jobs, who was the largest shareholder of Pixar and had all the say in, uh, you know, what Pixar did. Really, really interesting book. The, um, the introduction to the book actually was what reeled me in. He talked about he was over in um, Shanghai opening Shanghai Disney, and uh, he gets a call, and it was the Pulse nightclub shooting, and they and that was you know really close to Orlando. It was really devastating news. He was waiting to hear. It, it was in Orlando. Oh yes, it was very close to the parks. I meant right. so. Um, he was waiting to hear the news if there was any cast members there. You know that. And they found out that Disney was the the person's first targeted. You know target. And, you know, it was just really troubling news, especially a lot of, you know, he's a lot of, a lot of pressure opening up this park. Then a week goes by and he gets another call. And uh, that was when the child was uh, killed by the alligator in Disney. So all these things are happening to him right when he's about to open this park. And it's just kind of like it was a, it was the per- and first of all, Bob Chapek was his like first hand man. And Bob Chapek was really cool before he was CEO. <laughs> he did a lot for Disney before ruining it. Um so it was really cool because it just kind of set up like the pressures that he, you know, undertook, you know, obviously this was emphasized at this point because it was a bunch of stuff, but it was a lot of the pressures that a CEO has to, you know, make decisions on. And, and because when, when the child was killed by the alligator, he, you know, he, he called the family himself and told them, you know, if there's anything I can do, you know, please call me. Here's my personal number. And he shouldn't have done that as CEO. Because of you know uh, his lawyer you know didn't want him to be talking to the family without consulting with him first. But there's just certain things you have to do as CEO from a human like from a human standpoint instead of like a business standpoint. And that's kind of how he uh, ran the company. It's just he cared about people, and uh, it was a really really interesting book and a really cool look into uh, into his life and uh, how he ran Disney. I'm not going to talk about it even more because there's there's a whole lot to talk about. But it tells you uh, he talks about from entering ABC all the way up until uh until the being the ceo of disney really really cool book i'd uh recommend it to anybody who's interested in that so scott just wanted to thank you for jumping on here with us tonight yeah thanks um it was uh, a great time as always uh where can if people like you where can they find you
0: (laughs) well if they don't like me uh i'm sorry no where we look no new friends podcast.com all of our social media links are there uh the youtube the facebook the twitter the Instagram. Uh, We also have our Patreon uh, links are there to join our clubhouse. We have a really, really fun episode this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Ryan, the Disney nerd, was a guest. And we talked about going to live sporting events and also um, uh, stores that we go to where we're a little bit embarrassed that they know our order. But, (laughs) but, really exciting. Ryan may or may not have had a chance to win something. In fact, Ryan did have a chance to win something. You're going to have to listen to find out if he actually won. (laughs) It's pretty pretty intense. In all seriousness, it's
2: impossible to not like Scott. I strongly encourage you to check out the No New Friends podcast, on which I am a co-host of, and so is uh, our good friend Mary. Uh, Scott does an amazing job. He's been in essentially radio his whole life, being interested in and in and out of doing stuff. He puts on an awesome show. We just kind of show up and talk. And Scott runs the show. It's a it's a really good show. It's really fun. You should definitely go and check that out. And that's the His on the Studio Backlot Tour. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I'm Alex. I'm Scott. Thank you for listening and have a magical week. I love Mondays. And yes, I'm being 100% serious. Why? It's because I'm a Dunkin' Rewards member. And Mondays are better with Dunkin' Rewards. Every Monday this month, rewards members get a free medium hot or iced coffee with any purchase. Not a member? Join on the Dunkin' app and never miss a deal like this. Dunkin' Rewards. Save them, stack them, use them how you want. America runs on Dunkin'. Limit one
1: per member per Monday. Additional charges and terms may apply. Participation may vary. Limited time offer.